podcast where we are moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, chief religion correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book Lighthouse Faith. Well, after Iowa, New Hampshire and beyond, by all accounts, Donald Trump will likely be the GOP presidential nominee. And the prediction has also raised the ire of liberals against one of Trump's biggest constituent groups, evangelical Christians. Actually, mostly white evangelical Christians that they're pointing at. And they have now become the focus of anti-Trump vitriol. MSNBC's Joy Reid accused white Christian Iowans of wanting to have people of color bow down to them. Another MSNBC anchor, Alex Wagner, argued that following Trump has become a quasi-religion, that they believe he's the second coming. And just a few months ago, the View's Joy Behar was aghast, saying, how could anyone who follows Jesus vote for Trump? Anyway, Pastor Shane Eidelman answers a lot of these questions and accusations in a series of articles, and one being, after Iowa, can a Christian support Donald Trump? And Eidelman is the lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Southern California and the host of the podcast Eidelman Unplugged. He's a Trump supporter and has a lot to say to those who don't understand evangelical support for the former president, and he joins me now. Hey, Shane, how you doing? Hey, Lauren, it's great to be here. What a hot topic this week, right? Oh, my goodness. It just doesn't stop. It is, you know, as they say, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, absolutely. The the, the NBC poll, let me bring this out. The NBC poll of Iowa GOP caucus voters showed white evangelical Christian support of Trump is like 55 percent. DeSantis is at 24 percent. Haley at 12 percent. Ramaswamy is 8%, but of course, he's out of the race right now. So why do evangelicals support Trump by such a wide margin? Well, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, it is a topic that, you know, it's not just an easy, quick answer. And I, I would even say... You know, I wouldn't identify myself as a Trump supporter necessarily. I I love Ron and his values and what he stands for. But I also look at, you know, the playing field and what's going on and where we find our nation at right now. Um, And so what I do is I look at... The, the fact that we're not looking for pastor in chief, it's commander in chief. Yes, character counts. But when we look at transitioning minors and the World Health Organization or the World Economic Forum and the uh, the uh, assistant health secretary, transgender, kids watching pole dancing, drag queen story hour, you know, China, Russia, Iran are laughing at us. Our enemies are entering our borders. When girls, young girls are being trafficked and boys, the addictions of fentanyl. You know, men can have babies and it's no big deal. But you say, Jesus, you're going to be kicked off the air. And you look at everything from energy to to economics. What we are leaving our children and grandchildren is huge. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this is this is beyond character, although it counts. This is beyond. Well, here's my favorite guy. Look at the direction our nation is heading. And God would often use um, kings that were not too savory, you know, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, even Cyrus. He said, my servant Cyrus. And uh, I, I think I'm more concerned about the direction of our nation than I am about the one person's character. Now, granted, Trump's not our savior. It's all hell can break loose either way. But we have to look at who's he going to be putting in these positions of critical key leadership positions that have enormous consequences for our grandchildren and our children. I mean, that's really what's on the line here. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned, you know, sort of taking, you know, faith out of the public square. I mean, we just brought up the NBC Sports reposted its post-game interview with a Texan quarterback, C.J. Stroud, on social media. 
and they deleted the part where he said his faith in Jesus Christ. And the first thing that was out of his mouth when the reporter interviewed him after the game, after they beat the Browns, is thanking his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when they reposted it, they took that part out. What's your reaction to a network doing that kind of thing? It, well, it just shows that kingdoms are colliding. That you can mention any other name, but there's power in the name of Jesus. I mean, even six years ago, I went to pray at the Los Angeles, believe it or not, the Los Angeles uh, Board of Directors Supervisors meeting in L.A., and they said, do not pray in Jesus' name. Well, obviously, I did. I've never been invited back. Like, what's the big deal? You can have satanic clubs down there. You can talk about all kinds of weirdness. This man can be dressed up as a woman and think he's pregnant, and no big deal. But when you mention the na- the reason there's power in that name, even the demons tremble. And so that's why it's a spiritual battle. And we are being we are front row to these kingdoms colliding and it's even getting more and more intense. And so to me, I wasn't really surprised uh, because that's been their M.O. for a while. You know, you mentioned, you know, we're, you know. Trump is getting 55%, but it's like, why can't DeSantis do the same thing? Why don't evangelicals support DeSantis, who by all accounts is a strong Christian, um, he has the same values, why can't he do this for them? Well, I think there's a couple things coming coming to play here, and I, I actually know uh, five of the guys on Trump's presidential prayer team, you know, some of the pastors, they're friends of mine, and we've talked about this at length. And I think, again, a character we love, we, we like what Ron DeSantis stands for, but he's never, it's, it's like, would you want somebody driving NASCAR who's never even driven NASCAR? <laughs> or do you want somebody who's not only driven, they have won uh, the things Trump has went through. We know what he stands for. We know w- the people he's going to put in positions of leadership. Uh, we, and I think, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say in my case, but in, I think, what do you have, 75 million supporting Americans, a lot of them. There is a um, a righteous indignation there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen anybody been put through half of what he's been put through. I mean, it's it's. I don't know how he's still standing. It's it's amazing. And so I think there's a lot of that camaraderie. Um, you know, look at what Trump did for us, the embarrassment in Afghanistan with Biden, and so much failure in our nation. That I believe they think that Trump can uh, put us back in these positions of leadership with and intimidating our enemies instead of them laughing at us. And so although I think it would take Ron the first term, four years, to really get comfortable with that position, mm-hmm. where Trump, when where Trump on day one day one says he's going to close the border. And as a Christian, I, I care for the legitimate refugees and we help families in need and it breaks my heart. But you look at those crossing the border, you look at the fentanyl, you look at the trafficking and, you know, something's got to be done. This is I'm yeah. here in California, a couple hours from the San Diego border, and we can tell it's already taking a toll. There's just I often say the Titanic has been hit. You know, mm-hmm. who we need in this position of leadership is critical. So that's why I think they're they're choosing Trump over DeSantis. It's not because of character. It's because of what they will actually get done in office. I think he would waste, not waste, but it would take a few years to even, mm-hmm. you know, get the boat going in the right direction. Are evangelicals looking for a bully to protect them? I mean, I, mean, I think that's the idea is that, you know, Trump is such a bully. He's got all these court cases against him. I think that's what that's what liberals you know, well, let's look at what Joy Behar was talking about. They just they just see this guy who's not perfect, and they're wondering why would all of these you know Christians, you know, who follow Jesus, want to support a man whose character is in question. 
Oh, and that's actually an easy one because we can apply personal commands in scripture touch, such as turning the other cheek to the institution of government. Actually, the government is not supposed to turn the other cheek. Biblically speaking, they are to be a tear to those who do evil. They have a clear and distinct role. So I would choose someone who's going to fulfill the role of government and put God-fearing people in positions of leadership than a weak leader who's going to turn the other cheek. That's that's not even biblical. Mm-hmm. And so that's what these people, they can't get their mind around that he's we're not look character would be great i wish jesus was running for office but (laughs) but you have to weigh it on a scale of you know of where you know the the good versus the bad and even i don't know if you heard rachel maddow's rant you know she said oh there's going to be an authoritative you know fascism but if you look up that word it just means the enforcement of strict obedience to authority at the expense of personal freedom that's biden yeah that's not trump so the, so the very thing they're worried about is actually what's happened. But again, I think it's a spiritual battle. And as much as they don't like him, I think they don't like what he stands for. What does he stand you know? for? What does he stand for? Because you you said in your article, you said you're not following a man. You were shaping a movement. What is this movement? Well, when you can put Ben Carson over urban housing development, when you can increase the black employment rate, when you can keep our nation away from war, when you can put Mike Pompeo in office, when you can have the the secretary over education, a solid Christian woman, when you can start having Bible studies in our Washington, D.C. metropolitan, when you can have people like Jack Graham, James Robinson, Jim Garlow to go to for advice and to pray for you. I mean, I can just keep going on the list. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. things, God would look at leaders, even, even, um, you know, leaders that weren't quite Christians. He did, they did, the Bible says they did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. David, who murdered people, he committed adultery. Now I'm not comparing because I think, you know, there's no comparison there. But again, I, I believe that God looks at what the nation is doing as a whole. We are not allowing transgender surgeries. We are not allowing drag queen story hours. We are, so that's what I mean. There's a movement. Now, you can't make people become Christians. You can't have a theocracy, you know, governed by God alone. But you can get some prayer back into our offices and get some godly people praying over our schools. And you can make a huge difference by the people he appoints. So if it were just him as a dictator, you know, yeah, that could be a little dangerous, but I look at who he appoints in these very, very key positions. Can you imagine if the Supreme Court was liberal leaning? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, Second Amendment will probably be vanished. You would have all kinds of perversion, all kinds of 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 restraints in these areas, all kinds of oversight from the government that is really uh, corrupting society. So even even just the Supreme Court justices is is a huge huge uh, benefit. Yeah. You know, you also question, you know, you, you talk about what the what direction the country is moving in. Right. And I think a lot of people may not keep a monitor on that sort of thing. But in your opinion, what direction is the country moving in? And that's a great point, because we need to be clear. Oh, Trump's in office now. Now. Now God loves us. No, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. But the word of God, especially when it comes to kings, every king had a prophet, you know, so separation of church and state, you can throw that out the window because God's word is to govern. So let me give you an example. Let's say, you know, Jehoshaphat came in or Asa was evil and they came in, they made changes to the policies. They would protect the unborn. They would, God looks at the policies of a nation and what direction his people are going. 
And so I think we, I mean, I can read the list over again, but there's just so much injustice. There's so much perversion that is being winked at, you know, lighting up the, the, the white house with LGBTQ flags and, and just the moral decadence. So you can say Trump's character is not good, but what is he bringing to our nation? Is but, that going to, you know? But that's particularly, you bring up the LGBTQ um, flags, the, the right. rainbow flags. This is a bone of contention. This is where I think the liberal media is most fearful of is the attack on the LGBTQ movement. Because I True. think society has accepted this as not just um, okay, but that it's a good, you know? And I think that's where the problem is. I mean... One of the things that um, the, the USCCB, which is the U.S. Um, Conference of Catholic Bishops, just issued their annual report on religious liberty. And one of the points they brought out was that you can no longer have discussions in the public arena um, about your deeply held beliefs about human sexuality. And that's one of them that they said this is a restriction on religious freedom. And so how do you have, because you and I, you were on the show once with the pastor from Nashville talking about homosexuality in the Bible. And you were very, very ordered about this and you were very, very compassionate and understanding. And, but this is, this is the area where you just can't make your point. How do you move forward with this in a way that's merciful and gracious and loving? Boy, that's some great points. And a couple things come to mind. You just said, and you're, you're right on the money, you know, where we can no longer talk about these issues, right? We're seeing this in different nations. And uh, it, it goes back to the Supreme Court justices. Look at how close is America from calling this hate speech? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's another thing. Calling okay, the Bible like hate speech, too, because if exactly. you, because yes. in Canada, they've yes. already done that. They've already, I think they put a pastor, either they arrested him or did something because he actually quoted the Bible in a, in, in a billboard or something like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So again, it goes back to Trump's character versus, hey, we can preach the Bible freely. And how many people are going to come to faith? How many people are going to know the truth? Compare that with North Korea. Religious freedom is a God-given thing. So although a president's character can be very questionable and not good, if there's giving the people religious freedom, to me, that's a huge plus. And so a couple of things, um, we can handle it lovingly because it's not what we say, it's how we say it. And that's why I never say I'm attacking the LGBT community. What I'm doing is I'm bringing clarity based on the word of God. I love you enough to speak the truth and love and what they're doing to eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds and transition surgeries that they're going to regret later. You know, at what point do we become watchmen and say, I love you enough to speak the truth and love. This is not good. This is, this is sexual perversion. It's nothing to be um, celebrated. It's something to be repented of. And uh, it just, my heart breaks for them. So I think there's no wiggle room because you can't Mm -hmm. cave in and say, oh no, we're sorry. No, it will offend. It is offensive. The truth, the truth hurts and it, it, but we have to, in order to set people free, they have to be lovingly confronted with the truth. And if you have a president in there who, and I love, as a person, I love our assistant, I think it's the assistant health, sec- the health department, you know, mm-hmm, the, uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember, you know, I just pray for them, but you can't, that's not acceptable. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have, I'm, I'm a loss of words because how anybody thinks that's acceptable? How any, how can you go on these major news outlets and keep a straight face and say a man can be a woman and can have a baby? Or, or, or the Supreme I mean, Court nominee actually not answering the question of what is a woman? Like, kind of biological I mean. woman, right? Well, see, here's the thing. I I think I mean they obviously know it, but they can't. They can't cave in or they'll lose their support. And I like what Victor David Hansen said recently. What is happening to us in America is not due to an adherence to strict conservative tradition, but it's almost exclusively the wage of the progressive project. Mm. So mm. what we're experiencing now is not because of a, a conservative movement. This decadence in our nation is because of progressive liberal uh, agenda and policies. You know, Shane, let's take a break right now on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We'll be right back and with Pastor Shane Eidelman talking about the evangelical support of Donald Trump. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lighthouse today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash lighthouse. Betterhelp.com slash lighthouse. And we're back on Lighthouse Faith Podcast talking with Pastor Shane Eidelman. He is the... Um, lead pastor for Westside Christian Fellowship in Southern California and host of the podcast, Idleman Unplugged. And boy, you, you're you unplugged now, too, I guess. We were talking about evangelical yeah. support, and it's particularly white evangelical support. And the, the but it, it, and well, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about this, this white evangelical support. And I'm thinking, do they not think that black people actually support Donald Trump? I almost feel like there is this assumption that if you're black, you're a Democrat. And I know several people who are black who are not Democrats, and they actually do support Donald Trump. So what is this about? You know, why, why is it that there's a sort of a subtle almost reverse, I wouldn't say reverse racism, but there's a subtle racism involved in these kinds of uh, comments? Oh, boy, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we could go back to the 1800s and the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, and why why more blacks gravitated towards the Democratic Party with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, but where we're at now is, yes, the vast majority of African-American blacks support the Democratic Party. I mean, it's been probably 40 years now. I asked a friend of mine who's actually a pastor. Here's the funny thing. He's Republican, but he pastors a predominantly Democrat, Democratic church of black, mm -hmm. uh, just a black church. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I can't go public or they'll, you know, I'll lose half my audience. And he says, most people think they are for their people. I don't know what that means other than, you know, they, they think the 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 democrat party is for but the the republicans have been painted as white corporate america greed 
And so it, it's been some, you know, um, some stereotyping there. However, a good friend of mine, my associate pastor is black as our, you know, we have lots of members, lots of, there's a lot of black people that support godly leaders. I mean, not godly, godly legislation mm-hmm. and the direction our right. nation is going. So although we would say Trump would not be the first choice based on character, it, it has to fall in line with biblical principles and where the nation would would lead back to. So yes, there are a lot of, and I don't remember their names, I don't follow them much, but there's a lot of popular black artists now who are coming out and saying, you know, we've, we need a huge change. We can't, and I feel for Biden, you know, but being led around by his wife and, I mean, it's just sad. It's really sad for me to watch. I think a lot of people are waking up to that and they see that, um, you know, economic freedom comes from hard work. Yeah, yeah. And what I've never understood about this argument as a black Christian, you've got God on your side. You, that's all you need. Right. You know, we, we, we all work hard. We allow God to bless us. And when God's on your side, you plus God is the majority. Yeah, you so, know, I think I, I, it was interesting, though, too, because a few years ago, Pew came out with an analysis of voting patterns of various people. And they just said that that actually race was the strongest predictor of how someone would vote. And that religion would be a dist- it was a distant second. I don't know what that is today. I mean, I'm sure this this study was like 15 years ago, but it's very yeah. interesting. It shows a sort of divided kind of America um, based on on a race in a sense. But I think that's changing because I think with the rise of megachurches, and they're much more culturally diverse than you know the the neighborhood churches. But also, I think it's very interesting is that to paint white evangelical Christians is a, is so offensive because it separates Christians according to race. You know what I mean? I mean, it, every time I hear that word, white evangelical Christians, I'm going, well, being a Christian means you're a Christian first, and you're whatever your race is, and second. I mean, I'm a Christian, so I'm part of the church. And I can relate to somebody who is an Asian woman who is, you know, 20, because now we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not, I'm not, I'm first a black woman, you know, an older black woman, and then she's first an Asian young person. We are now brother and sister or sisters in Christ. And I think this is another sort of subtle way that divides people in, of Christianity. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Oh, and you're absolutely right. You, that's mainly coming, unless I'm wrong, correct me, but a lot from the secular media because that's yeah. how they fuel. That's how they fuel the fire. These white evangelicals. I mean, we don't refer to ourselves as that with our black and Asian and Hispanic. It's, we're all believers. You know, I put I put that over race and political party. You know, believers in Jesus. That 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 is first and foremost. So it's it's fuel to the fire. Yeah. Uh, they're trying and, and the race wars and what they're trying to do in our nation, um, it, it feeds into their narrative. And that's that's basically why they do it. But, but I, I, I agree give you, with you. We shouldn't even... I want to give you another analysis. So Matt, I got to bring this up because I hear this a lot. Um, the analysis has been that someone who has a passionate populist following like a Donald Trump could become a demagogue like Adolf Hitler. You know, of Germany. And he, he didn't win by huge amounts, but through the Enabling Act in, ni- in 1933, he was able to really to consolidate his power and change German laws. By 1934, he was the Fuhrer. I mean, he was very, 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 I don't want to say sneaky, but he yeah, had an agenda. Yeah. And so the, Donald Trump has been compared to an Adolf Hitler where he's he's very popular and he will come into power and then there'll be some 
the great security problem, defense issue, and then he will change laws to give himself a little bit more power. What is your answer to that accusation? Well, to me, it's not, it's unfounded completely. I mean, you can read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, biography. You can also read Hitler's work and you see from the get-go what he stood for. His white supremacy, his, his hatred of the, I mean, it was clearly all over him, even though he did it was sneaky with the churches and like, hey, we're just, and also their system of government, though. I don't think they had the checks and balances that the nation mm-hmm. that we have. There's no checks and balance, the executive, the judicial and presidency. So not only is the checks and balances not there, um, all the other factors come in play. It, he already showed who he was, even in, in his rise to power before he became popular. Where Trump, we've seen four years. We've seen the the people he surrounds himself with. Uh, we see the policies and 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 who who he puts first. And so I think we've got the track record there. So there wouldn't be any surprises uh, whatsoever. But you know, I'm. You know, they always bring up January sixth, though. January sixth yeah. is basically the trump card for liberals. But he did inspire that so yeah. what do you say to that well believe it or not i know people i just prayed with a person sunday who was actually there mm-hmm. we we have we i know people that were there and i i want to be careful here because i know there's different sides but what they're making it out to be is not even close to what actually happened mm. um i mean you, you look at the footage that was released what why wasn't that footage released before by by anyone so Twitter begins to release it. You be, it's almost like they're let in there. You talk to people on the ground. You see definitely there was some, some. I mean, I, I won't even get into all the, the questionable. I think the Epic Times has a great movie out on January 6th. Mm-hmm. And I just this week, I'm wondering, how can you have all these Palestinian protesters almost climbing the, 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 the fence at the White House, shaking and screaming, cussing? And it's like, OK, just just go away. No big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. If you want to compare apples with apples, if that fence wasn't there, they would just and they had to they had to escort Biden and his family out of the White House. But nobody gets in trouble. It's not brought up anymore. The 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 um, the two faced just hypocrisy is is amazing. So, yeah, there are some bad players there. January 6th, I believe Trump told everyone to go home. I don't to me. They're, they're making a mountain out of a molehill because it fits their narrative. Mm. And it's it's exactly what, you know, they, they wanted, they, they, they had to uh, make this so bad. This is what they're comparing it worse than 9-11. Give me a break. Like, yeah. the, it's just amazing. So, yeah, there are some bad players there. But was there also some bad players on the other side there instigating? There's so much confusion. There's so much discrepancy that it's really it's really hard to get to the bottom of it you know one of the things also that's being brought up the phrase christian nationalism this has become the phrase to bring fears in the hearts of liberals and rob reiner has a film out uh warning of its dangers uh i think you know, Vote Common Good is a left-leaning sort of quasi-religious-based organization, has a whole campaign confronting Christian nationalism. What what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, you're probably, you know, example A for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, white and bald head, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I love people. It's just amazing. That people... So anyway, it to me, it's nothing new. I mean, you can Google it uh, and look at all the different names, you know, from right the uh, the majority 
of who's that under Liberty University, you mm-hmm, know, the, mm-hmm. the uh, and and all these terms, they come up, okay, because I say, hey, I love homosexuals enough to tell them the truth. Oh, now I'm a homophobe. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, and now, so the, the, they, it's because they can't debate you with the truth. They can't have a dialogue. That's why from Charlie Kirk interviewing people on the, on the ground, and they, they can never have a dialogue. All they do is they get mad and they throw names at you. So white uh, or Christian nationalism is I love my family. I love my country and I love God, not in that order. I love God first. And because I love God first, I've I've got some important things to say about the direction of our nation and how it affects the family. So basically they don't like this view of God and, and, and Christian values. And so they have to call it something. So it's Christian nationalism and it's, they're trying to tie it into uh, Nazism and what Hitler did, you know, mm-hmm. they, they just, th- th- so to me, it's, it, they just can't have a, a debate. They can't have a, an, a, a, they don't want to hear the opposing side. They have to call you names. It reminds me of high school, yeah. <laughs> junior you know, high, you bringing know, up, bringing up the Nazis though, too, is that you have to understand that people don't realize that, that Hitler hated Christianity. He talked very, Absolutely. very disparagingly about it. He thought it was a religion for the weak. You know, and he just thought it was a loser's uh, a religion. Uh, that's what's so very interesting. It's like, how could you compare Christians to Hitler, who hated Christianity? Well, and remember, that's a great point too, Lauren. And that's why I said earlier, if you read early, if you read Hitler, even before he became a global threat, you you can tell in his writings what he believes. There's no secret here. But this is a spiritual battle. Kingdoms are colliding. So if I stand up for light, and you do, the darkness hates it. So the only way the deceiver, the father of lies, it just starts lying. And so if a person can come at me and say, I'm a homophobe, right wing, and why is everybody, why is 75 million people who say, you know, I guess I have to vote for Trump. Why are they this right wing MAGA destructive group of people when actually they are the people who built this country and who keep keep it safe in many cases? Yeah. And so it's just it's just they have to throw these words and they're fearful. They're scared. They are legitimately scared of just Christian values. And that that's not uncommon. It's been happening throughout church history. Just hap- ask the Christians who lived under Nero. You know, they they hate the light and they want to they want to quench it with the darkness. Yeah, you know, before we go, I want I want you to go back to this quote that you said in your in your articles. Um, and you've talked about it here in, in the last few minutes, but you said God doesn't judge a nation based on the character of one man. He judges it based on the spiritual health of her people. So the question is, what is the spiritual health uh, health of our nation? Well, how I see it, um, we, there's a couple different angles we can take here. The church, there's many Christians and many people that are angry, but are they broken? Mm-hmm. They're arrogant. They're arrogant, but are they humble? And I don't know what it's going to take. I, I, I you know, it, my point was, okay, you've got, you know, Trump or whoever. What is the spiritual condition of the church? Are we fasting and praying and interceding and, and, and loving people? And yes, speaking the truth and love, but with, with the right heart and removing the plank out of our eye first so we can rightly judge others. And so that's... The, so to say, okay, God, God's going to judge us because of Trump. No, he's going to judge us based on the, the spiritual direction of our nation, our laws and our policies. Um, God judged Israel, said, because of Manasseh, because of Asa, because of all these different kings. Um, now, does that play in the New Testament the same way? Probably not. I don't know if God looks at nations the same way as that, that, that he does. 
but I'm not concerned with one person's character. I'm more concerned about what the church is allowing, what the church is not standing for, dumbing down the truth, accepting the LGBTQ things and coming on support of them. It's just, you know, we just had a school district here in, in my in Los Angeles County where there was four pastors who came in support of children transitioning. Now they're from very liberal churches, but nevertheless, it just shows that we are sick spiritually and we've got to, we've got to get back to, uh, I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's, you know, that's fine. But, I mean, I think you, I yeah. mean, it's a loaded question because what the spiritual health of the nation, who does that depend on? Does it depend on the individual? Does it depend, does it depend on the man in, 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 or woman in the White House? Does it pe- oh, depend on well, the Congress? Does it, what is, you know, how, who yeah. directs the spiritual health of the nation and the churches? How are yeah, they, I mean, I, no, you a, know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right, because uh, salvation isn't coming on Air Force One. And it's not like, okay, now we've got good justices. Now we've got good policies. We could still be corrupt in our heart, you know, the the hypocrisy and things like that. I just mean, I'm just surprised that, um, well, let's see, there's a big move. Let's say churches are coming together. They're having all night prayer meetings. There's a The only hope for our nation is another spiritual awakening. Let me be crystal clear on that. I think Mm -hmm. I've said that in a lot of articles. It won't be Trump. It won't be policies. It won't be procedures. It won't be the Senate in our favor. It won't be. It is God reviving his church because he's listening to the prayers of broken, penitent Christians crying out to God saying, God, we need you. We are contrite. We're broken. God, you are our only hope. That's what I mean by the spiritual condition. Mm. So as that increases, that increases, then we see change taking place in Sacramento here in California. I'm in Los Angeles County, believe it or not. We see change happening. It might not happen. You know, it, it, it could get worse and worse and worse. But we do know that we are called to be the, the salt and the light, even in these dark times. So that that's what I mean. God's looking at the spiritual condition of the people. But I think it does matter when the Supreme Court says, hey, abortion is wrong. When the senators say, hey, this is, this is not right. We're going to pray before our meetings. They used to call me days of prayer and fasting. Uh, now it's like almost an embarrassment. We don't want any leader mentioning that anymore. So um, that, that's what I mean by the spiritual direction of our nation overall. It's mm-hmm. not going to come by policies and procedures, but from broken men and women calling out to God. Wow. Wonderful. Pastor Shane Eidelman, lead pastor of Western uh, Westside Christian Fellowship in Southern California, and your podcast, Eidelman Unplugged. Uh, where can people uh, listen in on your, on your podcast? Yeah, probably shaneidelman.com is the best spot. shaneidelman.com. Everything is there. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook and all the podcast platform links are there too. Yeah, I have a feeling that whenever you speak, you're unplugged, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, well, and here's 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 what I think. I don't know if I have a time for one minute closing point. It's I try not to do it in arrogance and anger. I spend a lot of time just fasting and, and crying out to God, reading his word. And the, the more time I spend with him, the bolder I become on these issues. Mm. The less time I spend with him, the more, you know, like, hey, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to upset anybody. I just want to live a quiet peaceful yeah. life. I don't yeah. want, I, you know, I don't want enemies, but the more time I spend in his word, zeal for his house consumes me. It burdens me to see that what's happening to our little ones and to our grandchildren, and our kids, it, it breaks my heart. And that burden of the Lord causes a person to, to speak boldly. Wonderful. Shane, thank you so much for being on Lighthouse thank Faith Podcast. Too, it's just awesome been a job. wonderful time to talk with you and uh, just please have a blessed, blessed day. You too as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green. Again, have a blessed day. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Amazon Prime members can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Or just hit the follow button on your favorite podcast player.
Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.